Located at 303 North Crescent Drive, Beverly Hills Market and Deli isn't just a market, it's a Beverly Hills institution. Family owned for over 30 years, they've been serving our community with a personal touch that's as unique as Beverly Hills itself. Their commitment to quality shines through in every aisle, from the freshest produce to exquisite wine and cheese selection. If you really want to be Beverly Hills, shop at Beverly Hills Market. Let's talk about their deli. Whether you're in the mood for a classic sandwich or something a little bit more gourmet, their deli offers a variety of delicious, freshly prepared options. It's the perfect spot for a quick lunch or to pick up something special for dinner. For our Mostly Banter listeners, Beverly Hills Market is giving a free drink with the purchase of any sandwich for those who mention Mostly Banter to anyone. Plus, for those busy days, Beverly Hills Market and Deli offers home delivery and catering services. They even custom order products to meet your specific needs. It's the level of service that really makes them stand out. So, whether you're a longtime resident or just visiting, make Beverly Hills Market and Deli your next stop for all things delicious. They're more than just a market. They're part of our Beverly Hills family. Visit them at 303 North Crescent Drive or check them out on their website for more details. Well, today I am very honored and thrilled to have Brian Phelps, uh, formerly of the Mark and Brian Show, on the Mostly Banter podcast. Uh, to start off, I'm going to read a quick disclaimer for anyone who is waiting for some inside scoop on the Mark and Brian Show or Brian and Mark or Mark and Brian or any detailed look back, just not going to happen. There's books, there's internet stuff you can find for that. This Mostly Banter podcast will just be a chance to get to know Brian and his journey to and his affinity for Beverly Hills. That said, we will do some basic background info on Mark and Brian and have a lot of fun. Full disclosure, I met Brian and Mark back in the 1980s, maybe right in 1990, um, for the Mark and Brian versus Magic Johnson's Lakers softball game. Nicole Sandler, I believe, had mm -hmm. reached out or somebody from KLOS reached out and see if I could bring them some celebrity athletes. There's a picture of, of me at that place uh, standing next to and just looking right up while, while uh, Magic is looking down at me smiling. Yeah, we got what well, you're going to see I, another I one. Looked up at that and just, oh my God. And I was uh, somehow recruited to play because James Worthy was late. And uh, James Worthy, when he finally showed up in the second or third inning, he had a uh, no glove. So my glove went to him, Ooh. and I ended up not seeing the field again. It was a great time for all <laughs> at the Rose Bowl um, softball field. Big media coverage. Uh, probably two or 3,000 people, if I remember right. Large crowd, nice people. And that was kind of it. Um, and as I mentioned before we started taping, um, you know, in full disclosure, I do take drum lessons from Matthew Thompson. He's a great drummer. I mean, I, I, I knew him when he was just screwing around on him. And I'm, I'm a drummer as well. I didn't know that. Since fourth grade. I got through college playing in bands. And I still have a studio at my house here in Beverly Hills. I did not know that. I just have, it's just for fun. Just have friends over. And I always say, check your embarrassment at the door. I don't care if you're talented. You can't. So wait, we're, can't going, we're going off right away. Oh, we're sorry. going off topic right away. Sorry. No, we have to talk drums. I, 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 so, I, I actually made my career out of going off topic. So yeah. I, you think? I, I, I apologize. You think? Yeah, um, he's, so Matthew is a great drummer. For me, it was, I always wanted to be a drummer as a kid. But, you know, I ended up, okay, play the violin, play a guitar. Yeah. What was cool? You know, and, sure. and violin was not cool. Yeah. And I just had decided I want to take drum lessons. And I had heard somewhere that Matt was a drummer mm -hmm. and he was teaching. Yeah. And it was, it was not easy to find him. Yeah. But then I found him and um, I started playing at age 55. Good for you. 
It is the, fantastic. It is the best thing. I mean, any musical instrument I recommend for older people. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. There's a program here in Beverly Hills called Music Men's Minds, which is they're having people that are having cognitive issues and things like mm -hmm. that, and they'll hand them instruments, Agreed. mostly percussion instruments, yeah. and trying to make your brain do things yeah. that you're not normally doing, all of a sudden you realize if you're right-handed how weak your left hand really is. Sure. And then how do you add the fourth? How do you add your left foot into and, it? And if you're, uh, if you're right-footed with the right. bass drum, your foot's going to wear out, you know, right. by the first quarter of the song. But I will add a, a caveat to that is, and I always say, you like I played drums since fourth grade, and uh, marching band and you know, you know, bands through college got to make money to go to college. I put myself through, but I always, I always wonder, like, if someone said, "Yeah, I used to play saxophone." Like, oh, really, yeah. really in high school? Yeah, some in college. I go, do you keep your chops up? Nah, it's under my bed. And it's almost a crime. Yeah. And look, everybody has their own life and their own interests. But it's like, the, you Brian, work so hard. And it's the fountain of youth. If you've never played an instrument, for yeah. anybody listening, if you've never played an instrument, right. if you're older, when I say older, you can be 30, 40, 50, it doesn't matter. Once you do that, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. it made me feel like I'm a kid again because you have to learn. Yeah. So how do you learn to do this? Well, I can do the basic groove sure. or I can do with this. Grooves are fine. That's yeah. good. That shows that you can have a sense of timing and a sense of rhythm and all of that. How about the fills? Oh, that's easy. And for me, growing up as you, we're similar in age. I think you're a little younger. Um, I learned to listen to classic rock. Mm -hmm. And when I'm comparing myself to, like I have Matt, I'm making him crazy. I want to learn the song Burn. Sure. Deep Purple's Burn. Oh, yeah. And I'm making him absolutely That's nuts. a good drum song, actually. It's a great drum song by my favorite drummer, which is Ian Pace of oh, Deep yeah. Purple. Yeah, He's yeah, the yeah. best, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. for me. Now, you, everybody's got their own favorite. He came in our show one time. I expected this rock and roll, kind of a drugged out, hairy, can't yeah. even see his eyes because yeah. he's just so nope. rock and roll. He came in. It was Barney Fife. It was older now, and I yeah. expected the guy I saw yeah. on the cover all those years. Yeah, yeah. He looked like Barney Five, yeah. sweetest band in the world. Yeah, and his background is he's a jazz drummer. So you start to learn it when you start hearing these people and how they learn different stuff. Drum-wise, if you can play jazz, if, if you have experience playing jazz, I started on the, on the drum kit playing in, in my high school jazz band, actually in eighth grade. And... Um, you learn to read. That opens you up as a drummer. You're not just doing doom, dak, 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 doom, dak. Yeah. You know, you're you're actually doing creative things. And do you think that way? Another thing is, open it, your it, mind. It starts to think that way. Like every yeah. time now, I listen to music. I'm in the car, even if it's uh, something I've heard hundreds of times. Right. right. You start. You you don't. Is all you hear is the drummer. Is yeah. all you hear is the drum parts. And it's, I, and I'm pretty intricate like you. Um, if I listen to a song and there's a great drum song, I, I want to play at home. I have to get every beat right, yes. and I'll work on it for uh, weeks. And, and Matt says he, he'll yell at me. He, he won't yell. He'll say, doesn't matter. And I, like, live on it. It's like it sticks in my head. You yeah. missed that hit or you didn't do it. Doesn't matter. Just just play it. Move on. Play I agree. I agree. I, and I also tell drummers that, uh, that my friends whose kids are playing drums and taking lessons and reading, and I'll go listen to them, and they're, they're very good. They read better than I do. Yeah. However... I need them to show off a little bit. I think yeah. this is sort of probably what Matt was getting at too. I just go, dude, you've got the, the, the technique, you've got the dynamics, but now just show off. Put a fill in there that doesn't belong. Right. Whether, wh whether you're going to take it out later or not. Just push yourself. Experiment. Well, Open your mind. I love that in that he said, who do I like? And da, 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 da. And yeah. then we said, here's the song you're going to warm up to every time. It's Evil Woman by ELO. Yeah. And it's now I have probably played that song 
accurately, not hyperbole, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tongs, so, so, times. So what I do with it now is, how do I want to play it? There you go. That's and, and my point. Like, I said, this is a breakthrough, and Matt's awesome. I, we're, we're getting off a drum. I know. I knew you would take me off topic immediately. Well, uh, all right. Let's do, let's do the three <laughs> minutes or five minute Mark and Brian stuff. So here, here we go. Okay, so looking back on Mark and Brian, and you've probably been asked these questions over and over again. Was there a special moment in your career, a favorite interview that you did? Mm. 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 Many. Mm, meaning somebody? Many, 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 many. many. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of the time, I mean, about the thousands and thousands of people. And somebody was trying to make a list of that, and it was amazing. But um, it, it's usually the one that I'm most nervous with the ones that I've been a fan of all my life. Me too. You know. Um, By the way, that's why I prepared. I don't prepare. I make a joke to everybody on. on I don't prepare anything for you. I have on, on, oh, online wow, because so Mark and Brian yeah. left an impact, which we'll talk about later. Wow. But back to your favorite. Who's your favorite? Um, I'm just going to go. Well, Tom Jones, uh, only because he was playful. It, my favorites are the ones that I, I don't know what to expect when they come in. I have a preconceived notion, for good or for right. bad. I'm not going to. Vo uh, vocalize that until we start on the air. But I usually have, like, if it's this person, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, the name is escaping me, and, I, and I'm going to hate myself for this, but uh, Silence of the Lamb actor, the, the oh, main guy. Oh, uh, uh, I see his face. Uh, uh, famous, famous dude, English yes. actor. Oh, boy. And, and now, right, people are, it's gonna come to people us are screaming bit. at yeah, their yes, speakers right now. Absolutely. They're anyway, yelling at them, which is good. He's you know? booked. Yeah, right. He's booked on the show, and I'm expecting this very stodgy. Anthony Hopkins. Thank you. Bingo. Okay. Oh, it's giving me a headache. Okay. Uh, this very stodgy, very upper British, very actor kind of guy. He came in, and he was a nine-year-old child. He loved to play. Listeners were calling up doing him, and he goes, no, 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 that's not my favorite line. Let me do my favorite line. And he was doing Hannibal Lecter yeah. character and his favorite lines. Then, And it's awesome. Then he starts recording listeners' answering, machine out, answering machine's outgoing message. Yeah. Messages. Well, that's, that's how what, playful and wonderful the guy was. Why I love the Mark and Brian show, why I love you guys in particular, is no one really cares about what the show is, what an actor is. We care about who they are. Right. And when you're able to, as an actor, say, I'm vulnerable, here's who I am. Yeah. That's what's cool about interviewing people. That's what's cool about getting to know anybody. Somebody says, well, I'm going to be interviewed. What are we going to talk about? I said, I don't care. You know, I just want to get to know you. And if you will put yourself out there, no matter who the guest has been, yeah. we have a good time. And I can't tell you how many times... We, a person would come in, a, a guest would come in who wasn't familiar with the show and they expected the worst. Yeah. Because at that time there was some, well, well they're going they on. were all afraid. I mean, let's call it what it is. I'm very real, Brian, so you can tell me no, no. Everybody at that time was afraid of the big behemoth that grew into the Godzilla out of New York who wanted to embarrass and hurt Yeah, people. yeah. And, and, and I, I mentioned his name not because I don't like him, he's very entertaining, but at the time he was this just mean-spirited dude of how do I conquer the world, and that was Howard Stern, but he was funny, and he had a big audience, and he had everything else, but Howard Stern, I don't know if he cared about the human part in his interview. Look. He cared about the about the, the me growing something. I, what I loved about you guys, and what I do love about you guys, is when you have moments. I'm going to break in and, let, and not let you talk, which is a bad thing in, in a chat, but my favorite moment ever, I have two. One was the Stevie Nicks, 
when she came in and I heard the thing with the, the hippie guy and let's do this. That recording, as it's not perfect audio, it brought tears to my eyes. I was crying in the studio too. It's, it's, You're talking about when she sang Landslide with Lindsay Buckingham. Correct. First and time she wasn't going to do it. First time they performed together in five years. Yes. And there was a moment. Right. You know, it's just Lindsay on the guitar and, and, um, and Stevie singing. There was a moment in the middle, and I'm not just tell, telling you this for, uh, for effect. She looked over at the same time he looked over, and they looked into each other's eyes. It kind of nodded and smiled. This is in the middle of the song. See, but that's what's cool. Yeah. So that, and you could feel that on the radio. The other here, let me be embarrassing. And I got goosebumps that the, Yeah, it was amazing. I remember, I'm very visual, mm. which was a problem with the drums, <laughs> which is you, you got to hear more than you have to see, but I learned by seeing. And I remember because of where I was, a Valentine's Day little bit that you guys did, whereas a... Um, a particular guy, you would have people confess to what they didn't want somebody to hear. Here's the time to wash it out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to say this nicely, but they had a cat. The cat box call? The cat box oh, call. Oh, I was, and yes. I'm not making a joke, Brian. I, I am not making a joke. I pulled over <laughs> in my car. I was heading up Van Nuys Boulevard to come to Beverly Hills because I had lived, was living in the valley back then. And there was no stop sign where there is now at the end where you turn on Valley Circle and then you're going to go up Beverly Glen. And I had to pull over right as I made the left-hand turn because I was convulsing with Yeah, laughter. yeah. I just, I, I couldn't stop. And you know what? I, this goes about what you're saying about um, being good or being mean. You know, yes. you can be a success at both. But the re one of the reasons that call worked was because, first of all, they were lovely people. Yeah. The, the husband that's going to call up yeah. to confess to his wife that he... Uh, he just he didn't know what to do. He was bored. He's playing a joke. Right, and... right, right. Uh, he was a great, funny guy. And you could tell he loved his wife. So we get his wife on the phone, and she was lovely and perfect and supportive until he got to the point of the confession. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, you're, you're saying I'm starting to laugh again because of her legitimate reaction. Response, yeah. The response. It, there was a, he admits sure. it. <laughs> Should I tell the... Yeah, the, the, you can. The, all right, well, uh, the guy calls up and says, I, I, I want to make a confession. My, uh, my wife has a cat, her favorite. She, it's, her, it's her child. Um, she had it before we were married. And in the bathroom, there's a cat box. And I, I, I thought it would be funny if, um, if I went in the cat box, did my business in the, the cat, cat box. box. And um, so we get her on, long story short, we get her on the phone and, and uh, we... Got her permission to go on the air. We have your husband here. He's got a little confession to make. On Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day. And he, he, he was so lovely. He goes, uh, honey, I, uh, first of all, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, uh, do you remember uh, that time that, that the cat went into the, in, its, in its cat box and it was, um, you know, uh, a lot? <laughs> she goes, Yeah. Because you know how you had to take it to the vet and spend like four hundred dollars for nothing. Yeah, they couldn't find anything wrong. Like, well, <laughs> turns out uh, that was me. I I did that. Now here's the funny part. There was a long pause, and the, the pause couldn't have been. Uh, you know, my whole life has been comedy. It couldn't have, couldn't have been comically a perfect pose, right? More perfect, perfect, just perfect, perfect amount of time. And she goes. You took a dump in the cat box? <laughs> and, of course, in studio, we were...
busting out laughing because of this, but because they were good, because they were sweet, because, and, and they got the joke. That was kind of our, our thing is have, have fun with, not make fun of. Laugh at yourself, laugh with, never yes. at. Uh, we were very, and, that, and, yeah. and again, it's the second time I mentioned Howard Stern would take either one of those, and that just wasn't you, which is why. We would be terrible at it if we tried that. If we had a program yeah, director that said, bad. you know, Howard Stern's doing pretty well. Uh, you, should, you should be a little more, I don't know, aggressive and mean. We would suck at that yeah. so bad. It, yeah. it would be, I, the suck for you would be, you, you would, the immediate redemption would be when you let somebody off the hook, and your urge would be to let them off the hook early. Absolutely. If you were playing a joke absolutely. on somebody. Like, hey, we're calling somebody in the morning. If we, and, and honestly, and uh Sorry to say, it happened maybe one or two times over the twenty-five years. But if we unintentionally made someone cry, yeah, that would that's heartbreaking. Destroy right? me. Yeah, that would. How about you know? I don't mean to ask about Mark because I yeah. should ask Mark how he would feel. I would think you as a team. We back both. Then, we both felt that way. Both the, it wasn't it was what we were about. No, and like like somebody said to me on this podcast, I was asked recently, "Well, you had Mayor Julian Gold on. Why don't you ask about the issues?" That's not my job. Yeah. My job isn't to make you laugh. My job isn't to make you cry. My yeah. job is I feel I want to get to know people. Right. This isn't what I do. I've never been trained at this. Sure. I, I've told people before I got recruited. I keep being told I have a good voice. Mm. I've never thought I had I think it's horrible. You have Thank a terrible voice. Now, now start uh, crying because I love that. But <laughs> Columbia School of Broadcasting. In Chicago? Out of Chicago. And they had a satellite here in Los Angeles. So they, they, somebody recommended me or something, or I knew somebody, and they said, we're going to give you a scholarship. Come to classes. Come, we'll teach you how to do this. And as soon as they put the microphone in front of me, I started going like this. Well, it's Ron Radio here, and it's, it's stop that. Just yeah. talk. Hey, everybody, this is the... This is the dude, you know, just stop that and just talk. And by the way, let me throw this in. Moline, your last name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Illinois. Yeah, that's City. twenty minutes away from my house in the small farm town. Very cool. We're gonna let's just wait. Give me one more minute on that, and we'll finish Mark your, and Brian your, up. Your program director said we only have like 30, 35 minutes. We can go as long, and we'll cut down, and you can speed me up if you want. But let me just go with audience connection. Yeah, that's a hard thing, and I not really believe. Right? Why? Why? Why not hard? Because um, it's a long way to answer that in a short. I, let me just say. We were, we, oh, this sounds so I, fake, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's sweetness that you guys had. We're both a good guys. Yeah. Um, and we, we both uh, want to be entertaining to the nth degree, but also we don't want to hurt anyone. Because if, if I see a movie or TV, there's something that, that it's comically hurting someone. Yeah. I, I, I can't stand it. I, I can't stand it. But yeah. also we were the guys we were kind of the blue collar kind of guys that weren't all show busy. Relatable. Yeah. Very relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned to you when we first chatted um, about doing the podcast, you'll know, a lot of the people that will listen will know about Martin and Lewis. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, when you have good teams, yeah. you have roles. Dean Martin had a role. Dean Martin was this suave, golden voice crooner. And Jerry Lewis was the comedic genius. Mm -hmm. But both were comic geniuses. The role is Dean Martin wouldn't let Jerry Lewis get out there too far. Right. And Mark, he loved when you got too far yeah. and when it would fall off the train. And right. When you see a train, when it would be a train wreck or something would go crazy because yeah. then he would bust out laughing and you would get everybody laughing. Yeah. So I found that interesting. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, being you, was, it a, was it set out that way from the beginning? 
Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I was supposed to be the comedy guy. This is my first radio job with Mark in Birmingham, Alabama. Big Mark. What number is that, by the way? It's uh, the radio station? Yeah. Uh, uh, I-95. But what mar- what, mar- radio, uh, what market is it? Medium. Medium. And this is important to the story I wanted to tell you, if, if we have time. But it's a medium market station. I used to joke with Mark all the time. I, uh, it was his first morning show, and it was my first morning show. And I go, wow. Yeah, so it's your first morning show too, huh? He goes, yeah. I go, so um, how long have you been in radio? And he goes, uh, 14 years now. He goes, really? I've been in it for five minutes. I'm already on a morning show. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go over well. No, he, he thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, we, if we, we laugh at ourselves more than anything. And, and people know that we aren't there to be, to be mean or to be cruel. And they, they love that. And I'll give you a little, a little thing of, of one of the reasons why I think uh, people like this is because we invited them in on whatever caper or whatever stunt or whatever out-of-studio action we're going to do. And what I say invite them in is, that, okay, we had this thing we want to do. Uh, for example, we want to build a giant catapult and launch pumpkins on Halloween. And we don't know how to do that. So now the listeners start getting involved. We're taking calls. You know, my father used to build catapults for his club or something. Oh, but I've got the biggest pumpkin patch. I've got 90 people will call. Now it's become their it's, quest as well. They take ownership well. of it. Yeah. They take ownership. They're part of it. Yeah. Or even if you're just listening to it, you're hearing all these people coming together. And now you're taking uh, uh, ownership in it too. Now you're involved. And I think that's one. And it becomes reasons. ours. That's 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 fantastic. Um, I don't want to forget to say Radio Hall of Fame. Oh, thank you. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Did that mean anything extra to you, or is that just? It meant a, it, it meant very. It meant a lot, and I didn't really know how much it was going to mean to me until it actually happened. You know, I mean, it's it's brilliant. It's lovely, uh, but it. Wait, stop there. I'm now I'm going now I'm going to be Michael Moline on mostly bantery. Cool. Really, I love that guy. Really. Because like somebody like you, I always look at people, no matter who you are, there's a level of insecurity and then there's a level of massive security. Do you not really realize the impact that you had on radio and on people? Uh, Seriously. Yes. Just me and you. But listen, um, um, this is also going to sound like I just want to sound like a sweet guy, but it's absolutely true, believe it or not. Coming from a small little town, uh, very humble beginnings, um, I thanked my lucky stars and looked around and smelled the roses every day. Like I used to tell my, uh, well, funny story, my our third contractor, something was coming up and uh, our lawyer calls up and, and or, I mean, yeah, our lawyer, he goes, okay, what are you guys looking for this time in the contract that we're doing pretty well? And I said, to be honest, Don, I would pay them to do this. And part of me actually meant it. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's such a trippy, wonderful feeling uh, of of looking, seeing a, uh, I wrote all the sketches, you know, right. and, and seeing a, and did all, most of the character voices, and seeing a, something on the news or something on TV, and I, I can do a new character there, inventing a new character. It was different every day. It's a dream job. It's yeah. a dream come true. So I, but I would thank my lucky stars every day. I would never let, let it get to go to my head. So now that we've had the intro, now let's banter. That's, exa- that's a perfect point, which is now we know you. We know who you are. How did you get here? Tell me the journey to Beverly Hills. Because we, we sort of danced around it. You started in a small farm town. Yeah. In Illinois? Yeah. Okay. Where in Illinois? Uh, Let's start there. Go. Okay. It's 20 minutes uh, east of Moline, okay. Illinois. 
Uh, you know where the Mississippi is. Yeah. All right, think of the, I do. Think of the state of Illinois. Yeah. And you know how Illinois has a boob yeah. on the west side of it? Uh, I were somewhere in the areola. Okay. That, that's where Cambridge is. It's, <laughs> it's 2,000 people. Got okay. it. Okay. Um, but and did you know as a young boy that you wanted to get out of there and become great a— question. Yes, I did. I did. And, and there's nothing wrong with staying there. I mean, I worked for farmers until I left for college. Uh, and and all my, some of my friends drove trucks for, for, for farmers. So, some of my friends just became so farmers. What was, I mean, this, like, this is like I'm pumping like I got to The answer know. to your question. Were you from a wealthy family, a poor family? Did you get along? Did you think of wealth and fame? Or where were you at? I didn't know we weren't a, a wealthy family until, uh, until I left home. We did not have a lot and of money. When did you leave but home? My father was an amazing guy, and you know he, he's the guy that said, turn turn out the lights when you leave a room on a winter's yeah, yeah. day. Close so the what door. What did your dad do? Uh, he was the plant manager of Montgomery Elevator. Okay, which is between Cambridge, my hometown, and Moline, yeah. right on the way on Route Six. Um, but but he was a brilliantly funny man, and my mom was funny, and uh, I can honestly say this to this day. I'm still proud to say it. They were my best friends. I would rather go out and have a cocktail with them than any anybody of my friends. And my friends loved them. They were just fantastic people. Yeah, I'm that's fantastic. Okay, so, so you come from really middle. My wife makes a joke. She's never met anybody from Chicago. She doesn't like. She roots for the Chicago Bears and everything else. Good for her. And she's never been to Chicago. Why? Because she's never met somebody from Chicago that's not nice. I go, well, that's that Midwestern value uh-huh. and that sort of soul of America. Yeah. So now Brian ventures out on his own. When did you leave well, small town college after high school. Y- yeah, yeah. Uh, I when you go to a small town, and a lot of people don't even know about this, but it's a really cool kind of way to look at it. I didn't know anything different. There were eighty kids in my senior class. Uh, the, the the school had three hundred in it uh, total high school. Um, so when you come from a small town, in a small town school, you have options to do everything. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to be. But I was in football all four years. Well, actually, seven years, uh, starting in, uh, in junior high. I played football. I did uh, a basketball. I was on the team. I was um, in band. I was in choir. I was in theater. You could try all these different things. because well, all of those have obviously, you know, I go to the end. You, you are part of the ingredients of the stew that is Brian Fell. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because there's the comedy, there's the talent, yeah. there's the drums, there's the music. Okay, right. so, so that's good. So I, I'm not rushing in any way, but I'm coming. I want to. So is your mindset then? I got to make a lot of money, or is your no. mindset then? I don't know what I'm going to do. My parents, when I was 14 years old, took me to Moline, Davenport area, and we saw the touring company of Second City. Wow. Okay. And back then, who was in Second City? Do you remember? Uh, this was their touring company, okay. so it wasn't the who, the name wasn't dudes. the name dudes. But my brain exploded. My world opened up. This is what I want to do. I want to do that. Taking suggestions from the audience and creating something on stage. I want to do that. I want to do that. So, and um, I started playing in bands uh, when I was way too young to get in bars, just to, because I was a drummer. But uh, I. My father said, just so you know, I, I, I'm not going to send you to college. Number one, I can't afford it. But number two, if you want it, you're going to earn it. That was Well, that always adds value to it really also. Really did. Really did. You know, when it's handed to you, especially, I don't mean, it's not political today, but if you go to college on 
it's given to you by your parents and, okay, you got to go to college. Yeah. You're kind of missing the, the deal because you don't know that you want to be there. It's just what everybody does. Okay, we go to college. If and you want to be in college. So many kids to took advantage it. of their parents. Oh, God. And if you want to be there, it's good. Okay, so now we go to college. Yeah. Indiana State? No, it's in Illinois, Illinois State. Illinois State. Yeah, they, I was, I, uh, uh, because I wanted to be an improv. I wanted to be an improv comedy. I wanted to be on stage at right. Second City. Uh, a, a long and shot. where is Indiana State? Uh, Illinois State. It's in, I'm saying Indiana, it's Illinois okay. State. It's in Bloomington Normal. Okay. And uh, so I, I go there after a year of junior college because I was, again, working in a factory um, uh, trying to make money to put myself through college. Then, then I, I go to Illinois State, and uh, the, the closest thing they had to uh, an improv sort of major was acting directing. So I was an acting directing major there. Again, more ingredients into the Brian Phelps yeah. stew. I learned a lot. I... I uh, and I kind of found a lot of, of my future self in, 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 in theater. No and visions of fame. I'm not hearing that in you or, or seeing that. You're not thinking about being famous. You're thinking about what you want to do. Right. It's Which what is I, what I've always said to people. Do what you like and you never work a day. Yeah, I always kind of, you know, if you interviewed a lot of, I don't know, 14-year-old kids these days, like, what do you want to be? And I, I want to be famous. Yeah. You know, like, that's cool. But I Wait, just—that was one of my questions. Is that? Let's just take one segment off of where you are. Okay. Fame is it a good thing or a bad thing? It can be a wonderful thing, if you, as I said earlier, you know, I'm sure Brad Pitt thanks his lucky stars, you know, a lot too. You know, but you just can't take it. How much negative versus positive? Make it a make it a blame chart. You know, blame. Uh, ninety nine, love it. One percent, maybe. One percent stinks. Yeah, that you're bothered because you're eating dinner or you're someplace or something. Even that, not so much. It. This, this is the part. God, I, I wanted to finish my story, but this um, is no, the part. We'll come back to this it. This is the part I, 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 I couldn't handle, and I can handle any situation. My improv background. I'm, right, right. I'm cool. Yeah, I'll make I'll make fun out of it for everyone. But when a guy, I'd be in a, a bar or a restaurant and uh, with my 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 girlfriend or whatever, and a guy'd come up, and go, "Hey, man," obviously pretty slosh. Hey, man, I think you're really great. I always shook his hand. I said, thank you so much, man. You have made my night. That's, that, it's, I always, always, always. And you like that. That, I, that was okay of with Of course. You. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's lovely. Um, but then he'll, I'll say, thank you so much, man. And he'll look at me like, wait a minute. Are you be? what a, hey, you don't have to be a jerk about it. I go, no, 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 no. I, I said, thank you. I really appreciate it. You, yeah. you honestly made yeah, my genuinely, night. Genuinely, yeah. Genuinely. And he goes, oh, no, you're a, and then blankety blank and yeah. blankety blank because he was so, dr now, I don't know how to handle those kind of people. Yeah. That, that's my one. So knowing that they're out there, that's got to create a little bit of yuck. Okay. So let's circle back okay. to where we were. Where were we? <laughs> we, we were, uh, we're, we're. Oh, I started, I was in, so I'm Illinois State. I'm an acting directing major. And for, for about two years, and I, I, I learned a lot. However, it wasn't. I, going back to what I wanted to do when I, I discovered at 14, I wanted to be in an improv group. So what I did was, and I'm, I'm, this is crazy if you think about it, I'm a sophomore, and I decided I'm going to start my own improv group since there's not a major. Wow. So I put up signs, uh, signs whatever, all over the theater department, and I said auditions for uh, an, a comedy improv group. I, I, I signed out room three down the hall, right, you right. know, come join uh, us at three o'clock, three o'clock and, uh, and audition. So I had just, I wrote down a few exercises, you know, uh, improv exercises, you know, freeze tag and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. And so now I'm a sophomore. These are grad students coming in. 
as well as seniors. Right. And, you know, these are grad students. I just remember I, I wore a tie, and I, to this day, I don't know why I wore my only tie, yeah. but I felt like I should look kind of professional. Like, I got to look professional. Right. Yeah. So these people are uh, are auditioning, for, and I'm sitting there just like, God, they're fucking great. Yeah. Oh, that, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. And um, so my first improv group, remember, uh, it's my first time I ever done anything like this. Had 25 people in it because I couldn't say no to hardly anybody because I thought they were all brilliant. Well, that's, I can tell with you, it's like you're you're not going to be the deliverer of bad news. That's the part of life. Part that of it, suck. yeah. That, but that would suck, you know. But it, over the, our time there, it hon- got honed down to to five people. Um, so then we started touring. We started going and, and doing very, very well. College wow. college tours, went down to Florida, you know. We're, was this profitable? I don't mean you weren't making millions of dollars, of course, but were you making a living much like a band would say, okay, I'm going to go for a gig and we're making $200 to play for this or we're doing a, a, a church thing or a bar mitzvah thing or whatever? Th- there was money in it, but the five people uh, in the group were doing it the same reason I did because they loved it. They loved the laugh there. There's nothing like not, not to, not so much the learn, but the love of the laugh. Yes. Connection there. Yes. Corolla once said it was, it was interesting when they were asked about kiss FM, his friends would say to him, you're only getting $50 to write the bit. Yeah. He goes, he stops, he pauses. He goes, I should be paying them. That's what I said. Right. I, I said, Carolla, I, I would pay them. I, he needs to pay them because you realize how much I'm learning, and that was my yeah. bit that they put on the air, yeah, yeah. and I could do this differently and do that. Do you know that? how much I learned from, because I was kind of running it? Yeah. Uh, I learned how to silkscreen to make T-shirts. I learned how to book gigs. I, lear- I-, I learned all these things yeah. that I had no business right. doing. So now you're but growing. You by doing. Now you're growing. And growing. How old are we, 20, 18? Nine, and 20, yeah, because okay. yeah, I worked in And I'm getting to Beverly Hills, which is the whole reason for the podcast. Awesome. We're getting there. We're, well, I promise we're getting part there. part of it. And, and now we meet Mark. No. What do we do next? No, uh, I'm still, uh, now I'm doing comedy in Chicago with my, I moved up to Chicago from Illinois State. Got we it. all okay. did. And uh, there was a thing called the uh, Chicago Improv Olympics, and we entered it, and we won it. Wow. One of the prizes was to perform for two weeks at Second City. Oh, wow. So talk about from my 14-year-old you know, dream, and there I am. And there you are at Second City. City. Yeah, yeah. And Second City, for people that don't know, is it's, I don't even know how I would describe it, other than it's a factory of developing talent for comedic minds and for acting minds. But yeah. st- the comedy seems to be over that. I mean, the people that came out of Second City, just look at Saturday Night Live, and every single great person that you know was a Second City performer, yeah. basically. I mean, from from John Candy to... I, I, the list is just endless. Everybody, yeah, basically. Everybody. And this goes back to your point uh, when we were talking about drumming, and, and you said it just opens your mind. Yeah. I... I, I I tell people this in offices. I, I had a little, at noon, in the conference room, a little improv, uh, extra, for anyone who wants to come. If you're an accountant, you should take an improv class. It opens yeah. your mind. It, it pushes the envelope to in your way of thinking, whether it's serious thinking or, or comically thinking. Well, even in business. And, yeah, absolutely. Even, even in general business, absolutely. if you can react on the fly, and for students, I hope students are listening. Colby, I'm sure, is running around doing something. Um, if you can improv and your inhibitions aren't, I really want this job, so you get overly nervous or something like that. If you can find a way to be calm and just react in the moment and listen, even if it's as your own character, yeah. I'm not trained in any of it, but I'm not overwhelmed by people generally. You know, I've been very fortunate. I've met massive sure. yeah, amounts yeah, yeah, of people yeah, yeah. like you have, right? But 
when you when That's you can point. lower that and just be you mm-hmm. in an interview. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want a job as a whatever, a program director. You want a job, uh, hey, yeah. I want my first job in law school. I always you say that. take that improv class, that's gonna help. It doesn't have to be comedy, it just teaches that skill. It, like I said, it opens the mind, and uh, I, I, I've always said this kind of as a punchline, but it's absolutely true. Out of all the jobs I've had, and believe me, I've, I've been on roadkill detail, on, uh, for the county road commission, I painted lines on the road. I, uh, you know, worked on farms. I did all these things. Out of all the jobs I've had, I have never been qualified for because I, I was open enough to learn by doing. Yeah. Just like I'll get it. Just yeah. give me a day or two, you know, and I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bright guy. I can do yeah. it. Yeah. So let's skip forward to okay. We meet Mark at some point. And we take off with our radio show, and I know you were in a minor market. I, everybody knows the story if you're a market. Medium. It was a media market. Media market. Yeah. Thank you. I keep saying it. Media market. Um, and I'm going to guess it's what? A hundred? There's 200 markets. I've learned that from Keith Sterling, who was on. I think he said there's 200 markets. I have no he idea. He started at the, at the number 200. And then you'll get to like Phoenix, I think he said, was like number 10 or 15 or something like that. But I'm going to guess Birmingham is 75 to 100. Let's just guess. I, it's a, it's a million know. metro. Okay. It's a million metro. And okay, remember, so that's populous. That so that's interesting. That's kind of Phoenixy. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe a little, a little smaller, yeah. but I was. Uh, uh, so maybe it's higher than 75. Maybe it's 50 or something like that. But you go from there to Los Angeles and you take over Los Angeles. You as a team, you guys take over Los Angeles. So now I'm to kind of what everybody really wants to know how did you land in Beverly Hills? How did you land here? Oh, we're skipping around. Okay. Um, How'd you get here? Hey, Colby, can this be a two-parter? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> There's so many stories. Go, when you got to go, we will cut it off. Okay. When I, when I moved out here, um, you know, Mark uh, had a family then. He, he had a son at that point. And I don't remember if – no, no. I think it was just, just Matthew. Um, and so they wanted to, a house to rent a house. Um, and believe me, when we got hired here – and I, I want to tell you the story of, of, of that story, but – Maybe I'll save it for another time because cool. it's important. We will do it again as long as you're up for it. Sure, sure. This is fun. You're great, man. Um, but we uh, – so I rented a house in Redondo Beach, one of those long skinnies in Redondo that Beach. Feels Brian up on Flagler. And, and I loved it because not knowing anything about Los Angeles at all, I loved it because I'm a small-town mentality. Yeah. And those beach towns were very all their own relaxed yeah. and kind of, yeah. Manhattan Beach is its community. Exactly. And Rondo and Hermosa. Hermosa. Yeah. And so I lived there for uh, four years, for the first four years. And then I um, decided I want to stop renting. I'm, I'm going to look for a house. And, I, and I'm not exaggerating when I said I looked at over 200 houses in those areas. Really? Because I was quite, it's kind of me anyway. It takes me forever to, you know, for a major decision because I want it just perfect. Um, but I wanted uh, to get a pet. I wanted a studio where I can play drums and not worry. And this long, skinny house I'm renting it was very nice, but it was it was too close to neighbors and stuff. So I'm looking and my I'm driving my real estate lady's crazy, and I'm looking all over, all over. And we're driving down Coldwater, and I saw an open house sign. And I said, "What about that place?" And he goes, "Because they knew I wanted kind of new, kind of uh, open spaces." And I, yeah. and I go, "There's something about that house." And so I won't tell you where it is, but I, but uh, they stopped and I looked and I went, this is it. Really? And, and the fact of the matter is it was nothing like I t- asked them to show me. Yeah. Because it's an old house. I did a lot of work on it when I first moved in, but, um, and it, it's so centrally located. And this is my life now. I love Beverly Hills. Well, Beverly Hills is 
Hermosa Beach feel, mm-hmm. Redondo Beach feel. It's that beach community, beach city feel, and it's in Beverly Hills. And yeah. there's major different parts, like the Coldwater Canyon, the hills area is yeah. different than the flats, which yeah. is different than the, the I don't want to call them the smaller homes, but more along the line of the traditional homes mm-hmm. that, that are in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got high-rise living and things of, the, uh, of that nature. And then if you want to be right, right next to Beverly Hills, you can be Century City. So that's all cool. So being famous... Being in Beverly Hills, give me one Beverly Hills story without throwing anybody under the bus that you like. One Beverly Hills story that I like. Well, uh, so you move to Beverly Hills. You're, you're in your mind from a small farm town. Yeah. First question would be, do you ever ask yourself, how, I, I'm in Beverly Hills. I live in Beverly Hills. That would be. It was kind of cool. Okay. It was kind of cool. And being Brian. But I honestly didn't pick that house because it was in Beverly Hills. I just like this house. Talk it had a sense of humor. Yeah. It's kind of a cabiny, but not kind of a, it and it had a yard and And you're still in this house. I'm still in this house. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm still in How this house. How many years now? Over twenty five. Wow. Maybe I think um and Mark and Brian in LA was what, twenty five, twenty six years, something like 25. that? Twenty five. Twenty five years. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But th- th- you asked me the story and I'll tell you this. Um because of where I'm from, um uh I, I if I'm at a party and there's a celebrity there, I'll say hi to him. But it's not, you know, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, you're, you know, I you're always not walking up and go, I'm fanboy. I was a waiter. I was a bartender. Right. I did all these. So I always kind of go to the service people and have, I create relationships with them. And uh, so now on, on, I have a Super Bowl party at my house, which you're invited to a big Super Bowl party Thank every you. year. And uh, I have bartenders, my favorite bartenders come bring their wives, you know, because we become more than just, you know, customer bartender. We become friends and we care about each other's families and we care about each other's lives. And and those kind of relationships, I'm so fortunate and blessed to say that I have so many of them in Beverly Hills. It's a great thing. I, yeah. I you don't know this. I do the statistics for the Los Angeles Rams, so I'm a, I'm an NFL employee. Wonderful. And the greatest thing that I like doing it's it's fun to do that. It's it's high intensity. It's high pressure. But the greatest thing is I go to the stadium ridiculously early because I love to chat yeah. with the staff, yeah. with the people. Like, what's your life about, man? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're here. We're very right? similar in that. And, I'd and, rather. And it's just when you talk to somebody and you get to know them. It's like, how you doing today? Like, no, really, you doing good. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody yeah. really wants to hear bad things. We got we, we got to interview all these huge yeah. names, and by the way, most of them were were lovely and beautiful. Bigger they are, the better, the nicer they are. That's very very true. Um, so when I go to a party and I go out uh, and I'm out and about with people, I just like to talk with the, the service people because that's where I'm from. That's, I can relate to them more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, me, I was a, a waiter at a place out here there called you go. the Great American Food and Beverage Company, and the waiter was like the big promotion because I actually ended up making. I was in the salad section, but you had to be able to play a musical instrument, and I could play guitar uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah, and I would go out and I could play guitar, and it was a cool place to work at. And it was right in Westwood, and I had a motorcycle at the time. But nice. it was it was just very cool because it's. There's a fraternal feel to people, and once you get into that and you break down the barrier, it doesn't really matter who you are, except if it matters to me. Like somebody said, well, who would you – I'd have nothing to say to. Mm. Rod Stewart. I go, what? I have nothing to say. Rod Stewart, this was my favorite musician. I love all the things that he did, blah, blah, blah. I've seen him five feet away from me at at a restaurant here in Beverly Hills. I I have nothing to say to him. Mm. But I've spoken with people that in the the world are – met presidents i've been really blessed and fortunate and when you think of them the same that you think of other people it's good um 
I've met one particular person who was so cool. And somebody said to me, he's down to earth. I don't want to mention who it is, but you would know. Um, and everybody said, he's really down to earth, isn't he? I said, no, he's the furthest thing from down to earth. But he's genuine. He knows exactly who he is. He knows that if he's going to go out to the market, people are kind of come, come up to him and say, hey, blah, 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 blah. Can I have an autograph? Or can I do it? But he's genuine. He's a good person. Like mm -hmm. if we were in a room, he would walk over to say hello, which is like you. Yeah. You would walk over and say hello. Absolutely. And that's what most people are, you know, and that's what's really cool. One of my favorite things, we met uh, Luke Robitaille, who's now a, a awesome. very, very good friend of mine. Um, but we met him at this promotion. Uh, I think the station just picked up uh, uh, broadcasting uh, King's Games. And uh, he came over and he was the sweetest man ever. Uh, very polite, very, very fun and, and nice. And down to earth, dude. Down to earth, dude. Then I'll never forget this. He goes, um, excuse me, I'll be right back. I, I have to go over here for a second. I went, sure. And I just thought, and I wasn't mad about it. I just thought, well, he's going to go mingle some more. And that was his way of getting out of it. He came right back yeah. about five minutes later and apologized. He's a, he's I such loved a that. And, he's but a you'll, you'll find most He's a friend like of that. a friend of mine, Steve Bogievis, to give a shout out to somebody who was a yeah. hockey player yeah. and then he worked for the Kings and everything else. And he and Luke became very good friends. And he Luke loved... becomes friends with every... Go, walk around. Luke is going to be able to tell you the name yeah. of the person who is... That's the him. usher or yeah. is the is the seller of sodas Absolutely. and he loves them the same that he will love the most important person in the world and he know? enjoyed us because uh i was just very honest i didn't i didn't i i'm not a hockey fan yeah you know i'm not and he goes oh we're gonna make you a hockey yeah. fan sometime you yeah, know, yeah. he's such It'll a sweet happen. guy he is yeah. he is so i'm not going to keep you forever today but we will do a part two if you're game but i have to ask you something that people that know me well let me do one thing first serious question did life end up the way that you thought it would it's surpassed my wildest dreams. So in a positive way. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, oh yeah. good. Because, yeah. you know, you ask that to somebody, it's a re really a, a revealing question oh, it, to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I... Because it, it's like if somebody were to ask me, no, but not bad. I mean, yeah. people say, what are you most proud of? I can tell them my, my, my wife, my children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but not exactly as I thought, because when I, I thought I was going to change the world when I was 17 or 18 years old. And now uh, I look at the world today, it's all screwed up. But let's go to the... Well, I mean, look, I didn't win the Heisman. Uh, I, uh, I didn't actually, I'm not a cast member of Saturday Night Live. So yes, there's been disappointments. But in a weird way, you surpassed that. <laughs> in a oh, I don't weird, know about that. Oh, I do. Because there's certain, let's use that for one minute, and then we'll go to my final question okay. for you. When you look at some of the great people, players on Saturday Night Live on SNL, mm -hmm. They're not really remembered themselves on people. Their character was. And it's forgotten because then there's another character and there's another character. I'm telling you, without blowing smoke up anybody's fanny or being trying to be nice or suck up, the impact that you left on this wonderful cult of people, you had the high highs, meant a lot to a lot of people. People listened to you and Mark um, on 9-11. I wasn't here. I was mm -hmm. back east with my sixth grade son on a trip when that all went down. It was yeah. horrible. And then they've lived the lives of you making Mark crack up <laughs> and they remember that. So when you think of that, people don't have that sort of touch on their, on their heart. I don't mean to sound biblical or anything that even the funniest character or bit on Saturday night line would go. Mm -hmm. I, I listened to something uh, talking about uh, Jim Belushi. Dan Aykroyd, I think, was on Corolla the other day. And he's a 
brilliant, brilliant dude. He would be mega cool to hang with. He is. He would be mega cool because in a weird way, he's that, but he hasn't left what the team of Mark and Brian did. So that's just, think about that, your impact. Yeah. While it's not international, whereas, okay, I did Ghostbusters, I did this or that. In the people that you reached, you guys had a great deal of influence. So now Thank I'm you. wrapping up today on the again on the promise that I can do this again sometime. Um, so Brian, it's really good to spend time with you, but I have to ask you. I always say to people, and I quote you, you've heard me say this, our friend Sean Saidian, who owns Beverly Hills Market, has always heard me say oh, this. Oh, I love Sean and his wife. They're awesome. Oh, by um, the way, you know his wife uh, uh, very well. I, I, she was standing over by the produce one day, and I go, well, you're looking hot today. And she turns around, and it wasn't her. Yeah, nice. Good and job, I said, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She goes, actually, it made my day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're great But I, I have to ask, because whenever I say something publicly, yeah. like I give a speech at Beverly Hills Rotary, whether it's a, a moment, hey, whatever I've asked to do, yeah. it's I always say, to quote Brian Phelps of Mark and Brian, oh. be good humans. Oh. When did that start and where did that come from? And have you ever been asked that? I got to throw that in. Have you ever been asked that? Uh, I think, yeah, I think I've been asked that before. Um, so what's the real It wasn't a plan. It them? wasn't a plan. It was um, after the, uh, uh, the Rodney King thing. And there was turmoil. There was sure. hatred. There was profiling. There was, uh, you know, there were sides. Civil disobedience, building. riots. Yes. And then 9-11 happened. Um, so it's, it was sort of the same thing, uh, as a bit like, oh, well, if you're Arab, then you're horrible. No, you're human and you know, there, there are bad and there are good. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I just started saying at the end of every show, be good humans. But and I wasn't planning on a message from you. Yeah. Just from your soul to like, yeah. God, it's, I'm crying yeah, out to everybody. Be good humans. Right. Most of us are good and, and, and some of us are bad, but don't let something my father said one time i had a troubled sister my older sister and he and he said i want you to know something i will never judge you on your sister's actions go have a good time which was wow. brilliant and so this is right when i was a freshman in high school i could stay out as late as i want cuz he knew i would never disappoint him he knew he knew it and and and, and that's sort of what that came from is is be good humans uh, from your inner part of your heart and soul from my, from from me saying everyone take take this for what it's worth do it or don't but if you are good human is it selfishly one of the best things that can happen well, it, again back to mark you left that with me that wow. was left with me and I, I saw license you. plates with be good humans you yeah. know it was really well, cool i mean don't laugh it's like a catchphrase it's a marketable catchphrase, not from a standpoint of making money, but it's marketable for humanity. And the currency of being good people, it's good. We live in darkness. I mean, this is like the most effed up time that I can remember mm -hmm. in the world and in Los Angeles. And look around. I can tell you who I want to blame, and I can tell you that I don't have fixes. Or if they made me benevolent dictator, life would be a lot better. Mm -hmm. But I do know the formula is kindness. Mm -hmm. And I do know that that resonated with me. Be good humans. Okay. And you should take that as a thank you, thank you, oh, thank you for you. Great. Thank you for being you. Um, we are going to do another one because I want to talk about what you're doing next. I want to get you involved and, and out you for all the people that know what that means, not that way, but in, <laughs> I want to out I was you a little into, bring myself. you into the Beverly Hills community yeah. as a... 
I don't like the word celebrity, but as a as I an used to say, don't use the c word with yeah, me. It's a yeah. it, as as an, a person of importance in our community. You need to be involved, whether it's your comedy, whether it's your smile, whether it's your voice, whether it's your team, whatever it is. You need to be involved. I want you to come to Beverly Hills Rotary. Just even come and check out what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, Sean's asked me to yeah, come say just something. Come, it was can, funny. I said, well, what do you want me to talk about? He goes, anything. Yeah, I'll interview. We'll do that, or you'll <laughs> get up there, which would be one question I didn't get to ask you, which is stand-up comedy. I now. Now, as a drummer, it's like, oh, who's the great drummers? I never knew how good they are. Yeah. I could never be a stand-up comic because that is not easy. I mean, just try to talk by yourself and make people laugh. Yeah. That's impossibility. But you could do that, but you got to get involved in Beverly Hills. You're a treasure to our community. Uh, you mean a great deal to me. Uh, and, I'm, wow. and I'm not alone in that. So I thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. And you promise you're going to say into the microphone, you will come back and I'm going to say it right now because I have... This is what 35 minutes and, and I was talking swiftly because you're asking such great questions um, that uh, there's so many so much more stuff I'd like to share and, and, and some again. of it you're uh, you're part I of. I will do it again. I will do it again. Now, I tell you, you. I, the reason I did this one is because the pay was really good. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, big time, big time. I don't want to make $200,000 yeah. just for this visit. <laughs> uh, so, Appearance fees, yeah. Might be, uh, maybe another 100000 would be great. I got to figure out, you know, people keep saying, I want to I sponsor, I want this or that. <laughs> I don't take any of the money. We just give it to Beverly Hills Rotary, let them put you it You are great. It's awesome. What so, a, Brian, thank you. Great thank guy. You, thank you. We'll do it again. No, um, hopefully sooner. That way we'll just call it part two and yeah. we'll, we'll release it. Yeah, within, and, and it's good. Before and, the, before the, year ends if you want and if you're serious on the super bowl invitation i don't anticipate the rams playing and it's not at sofi hey, so i won't be doing that game i'm a bears fan and, and that's they're not going to oh, be you in and it. my wife and me and oh, it's yeah. like i have a dear friend that's like go bears you know yeah. so it's, it's fun so is michael moline your real name yes i've never heard anyone with a last name of moline and i get asked people all of the time say are you from the quad cities yeah and the answer is no my background my family is from eastern europe and my wife yells at me because i say i'm italian i'm not italian but my family <laughs> and the immigration ending up on the west uh, west part of the country over here pre-world yeah. war ii uh, actually pre-world war one they came from there and right. they ended up here but yeah. I, i'm sure it was chopped down at ellis island or something like that but i've always been michael moline and it's mm. just it's i enjoy it and people say call me call you mike or Michael, I don't care. You know, I don't care. But uh, Brian, as thank we're saying you. goodbye, let me just say this: my favorite event in Beverly Hills, because you say to yep. get involved. I didn't even get my story of what Beverly, your Beverly Hills story. We'll get that next time. Go ahead. I'll save it. I'll save it for next time. My favorite thing uh, to do—it's an annual thing, and it's wonderful. And I have people flying from other states because they love it so much. It's awesome. And I'll tell you what it is next time. Oh wow, that's the perfect tease. Brian, thank you. Again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And for everybody, I'm going to have him do it because it sounds much better. But I will quickly say, be good humans. What he said. Do exactly that. Thank you. Located at 303 North Crescent Drive, Beverly Hills Market and Deli isn't just a market. It's a Beverly Hills institution. Family-owned for over 30 years, they've been serving our community with a personal touch that's as unique as Beverly Hills itself. Their commitment to quality shines through in every aisle, from the freshest produce to exquisite wine and cheese selection. If you really want to be Beverly Hills, shop at Beverly Hills Market. Let's talk about their deli. Whether you're in the mood for a classic sandwich or something a little bit more gourmet, their deli offers a variety of delicious, freshly prepared options. It's the perfect spot for a quick lunch or to pick up something special for dinner. 
For our Mostly Banter listeners, Beverly Hills Market is giving a free drink with the purchase of any sandwich for those who mention Mostly Banter to anyone. Plus, for those busy days, Beverly Hills Market and Deli offers home delivery and catering services. They even custom order products to meet your specific needs. It's the level of service that really makes them stand out. So, whether you're a longtime resident or just visiting, make Beverly Hills Market and Deli your next stop for all things delicious. They're more than just a market. They're part of our Beverly Hills family. Visit them at 303 North Crescent Drive or check them out on their website for more details.